0: Quite a bit more reading than I usually do, but um, if you turn to Romans chapter 3 and Ephesians chapter 2. And thankful for the spirit that we can feel in our hearts, um, I read something the other day, and I think I shared it on Facebook. That a study was taken, and and something like sixty-two percent of U.S. Um, Christians, and I use that word Christian in in that context, um, don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Um, What a shocking thing to read. Um, If you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, then I I wouldn't be afraid to say that you're not a Christian. Um, For it's the Holy Spirit that deals with your heart when you're lost. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you comfort when you're saved. It's, It's not an it. It's God. It's a man. It's a He. It's God the Holy Spirit. Um, But as I read that I thought what a shocking thing and a sad commentary um, in, in our churches today that more than half of the people who claim to be Christians don't believe in the Holy Spirit. I'm glad for the Holy Spirit. I'm glad I can feel Him this morning. I'm glad that I know Him to be a real person. And I'm glad that He sought me, like we just sang with those ninety and nine, I'm glad He sought me out one night, just a lost little boy. But I'm glad He came knocking. He came to where I was at. And I'll get into more of that in a minute. Romans chapter number three, uh, starting with uh, verse number ten. Let's go to verse number nine. Romans three, verse nine. What then? Are we better than they? No. No. In no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Boy, ain't that the truth today? No fear of God before their eyes. I'm going to read one verse in Romans 5, and then I'll go to Ephesians. Um, Romans 5, verse 12, says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And now we'll go to Ephesians chapter number 2. And you hath he quickened, starting with verse 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the Spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sin's, hath quickened us together with Christ, for by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye being in in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Maybe we can attempt to tie these together, but I want everyone in here to to listen to what I'm about to say. Everyone from the youngest to the oldest, all eyes up here, and let me boldly declare, you are a sinner. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. A lot of us have been saved by grace. Some of you have never been saved by grace, at least as far as we know. But you are a sinner. And I'm going to say something controversial, but I'll I'll come back to this. There is nothing that you can do about that fact, that you are a sinner. I just read in your hearing that all the world is guilty before God, that there is none that doeth one, no, not one. There is none that doeth righteous, no, not one. You are a sinner. And because I read that scripture in the fifth chapter of Romans, for by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, therefore death has passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So, number one, you are a sinner. Number two, you are going to die. Number three, There is absolutely nothing that you and yourself can do to change those two immutable, indisputable facts. You're a sinner, you're going to die, and there's nothing that you can do to change that state in life. But thanks be to God there is one that's able to save to the uttermost. I read that in Ephesians and I thought I want to preach to you this morning on two words and I think it was the fourth verse, but God. And I'm thankful. We had a Sunday school class this morning and it was sort of just going around and, and, um, and thanking God for the things that He's done. And boy, it blessed my heart. It blessed my soul. Uh, there was a spirit that uh, that that communicated with my spirit as I heard your voice uh, talking about what God has done for you. And do you know, out of all that spoke, not one person thought, uh, "Thank God uh, for material things." It was there are there is something beyond the material things of this life. But everybody that spoke. I spoke of eternal things, about things that God has done for them, and I would say to you that every last one under the sound of my voice, is undeserving of all that God has done for us. Uh, but I want to speak to you of but God, and i've uh, I've tried to preach on those two words before, uh, but if you notice what the apostles saying. He says you, hath He quickened together. Now, my friends, if you're, He said you were dead in sins. If I would ask you today, is there anything that a dead man can do to change the fact that he's a dead man? When Jesus raised Lazarus from the tomb, He didn't walk in the tomb and talk to Lazarus and tell him to wink his eyes or wiggle his toes. There was nothing that Lazarus could do because Lazarus was dead. But when the voice of the Son of God spoke and said, Lazarus, come out of the tomb, come forth, Lazarus came forth. And the Bible says, He that was dead came forth bound with grave clothes hand and foot. My friends, when you are lost, and oh God, I pray as we begin to try to preach this, that the Holy Ghost would open the fact of the matter to you that unless you've been saved, you are already dead. You have already been condemned. You already stand in condemnation because you believe not in the name of the Son of God. He has not believed, John said, is condemned already. Amazing, the Holy Spirit, there's nothing that I can say to you today that would open and cut down into the depths of your heart and your soul. There's no words that any mortal man can say unto you. But oh, I pray that the Spirit would accompany the message that He would reveal to you those two undisputable facts that you are a sinner and that you are going to die and there is nothing you can do to change either one of those facts. Uh, but uh, but it says you that were dead. I'm glad that when we were yet sinners, uh, when God saved my soul, He sought me out where I was at. I didn't even know that I needed to be saved. I mean, I guess part of me growing up in church knew that. But as far as personally, until one night when He broke my heart. Until one night when when the man of God preached, and I really don't remember what he preached. But it was during the altar call. It was during an invitation. It was during a time when He was asking uh, people to come forth and begin to repent. I would say to you uh, that you are lost without God. Uh, You are going to die for you are a sinner. We see babies die. Babies haven't sinned, but yet they are sinners because they were born into a world cursed with sin. From the first man that ever lived to Adam when he rebelled against God, he passed that curse upon all men. And in that, all men were in the seed of Adam. And because of that, you're going to die. Not because of anything that you've done, but because we were conceived in sin and because we stand guilty before a holy God. And there's nothing that you can do to change that. And then you say, preacher, wait a minute. What are you saying? Are you saying there's no hope? No, I'm saying exactly the opposite. I'm saying there is nothing you can do to change that. But God... That's where that comes in. But God called me one night out of darkness and into His glorious light. I was lost and undone. I was a sinner headed straight for a devil's hell. Preacher, why is there a hell? I believe there's a hell today because of the holiness of God. I believe that it burns with a holy fire. A fire not made with hands far hotter than anything that this earth has ever seen or will see because sin had to be dealt with and sin had to be punished. So hell was created to the intent and fact that Satan and his angels would go there and be punished from turning from God. But when Adam sinned, he passed that sin upon all men. Now that's why Jesus Christ had to be born of a virgin. He didn't have the sin of Adam in him. He came not from Adam, but the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and conceived in the womb that thing that shall be called, the Bible said, the Son of God. So let me reiterate, you are a sinner. If you have never been saved, you might say, Preacher, I don't feel like a sinner. Uh, I would declare unto you, it doesn't matter what you feel like this morning. Uh, You are accountable unto God for your sins and for your actions. Uh, May God drive that home to somebody here today. I've been here a few years. As far as I know, unless you've done it in the side of your own home or apart from where people could see, there are some of you under the sound of my voice that at least as far as I know has never admitted the fact that you are a sinner. Now let me set that record straight one more time. You are a sinner. And you are accountable. And there is coming a day that you are going to stand before one at a great white throne where the dead, small and great, stand in the sight of God. And one by one you'll march up to that great white throne. And the books shall be opened. And the book of life shall be opened. And it will there be read a history of your life. And we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. My friends, there is no fear of God before their eyes anymore. When I was growing up, even among folks who didn't go to church, there was a fear of God before them. They knew that there was a power greater than them because they would give respect And to those who did go, not everybody, but there was a great deal of sinners, unsaved, lost people, that at least knew that there was a God and they did fear Him. My friends, you are living in a culture where there is simply no fear of God. There is no fear of judgment. Now let me tell you your case one more time. Paul said we were all together in that condition. Dead in trespasses and sins. But it says you, He hath quickened. That word quicken means he's made alive. He's made to live. Uh, Everyone before you're saved, uh, you are dead in his sight. And there is nothing that a dead man can do to change the fact that he's dead. When your time comes and when my time comes from this earth, there is nothing that I'll be able to do to come back to life. But God, Thank God for that. But God who is rich in mercy, the Bible says, for His great love wherewith He has loved us. Do you understand what that is? We were talking in Sunday school and and I said nine years ago how the doctors told me you should not be alive. Uh, yesterday, I turned 44. Uh, I, there's no reason. there was. I've got a picture on my phone that uh, the blood flow to my heart had been completely cut off. And when they flew me out, I was as ashy gray as great could be. And they gathered around in prayer for me as they loaded me on the helicopter and the doctors began to pray. And my family began to pray. And even though that doctor said, "Hey, you, there's no way you should be alive, but God made a way. Do you understand what I'm saying to you this morning? How when Adam sinned, he was deemed a sinner. and There was nothing he could do to get away from that fact. He had disobeyed God. But God who was rich in mercy clothed Adam and Eve with garments of of animal skins. Do you understand what those two words mean to you today? You were lost and separated from God. You were headed for hell. But God who was rich in mercy came wherever He was at and sought you out. I pray that somewhere today in this house He is laying these words home to a law and dying sinner, you are a sinner, you are accountable. Uh, the soul that sinneth, the Bible says, it shall die, and there is nothing that you can do. Preacher, is there any hope? Uh, they asked Peter at the day of Pentecost. What must we do? You see, when the Holy Spirit, whom most of the world, as I said earlier, does not even believe that that He exists, it's the Holy Spirit that will enter into the heart of man and begin to work deep down where no creature can ever reach. It's the Holy Spirit that cut my heart one night and I began to bleed. I realized I was lost. It's the Holy Spirit that deals. What must you do? You can do nothing except God in heaven. The Bible says no man can come unto me except my Father which sent me draw him. You listen to that. Those that are lost here today, there's nothing that you can do to change that fact. But God will send, or maybe He has sent the Holy Spirit and told you you're not right with God and that you're going to be weighed in the balances and you're going to be found lacking and there was no way that any of us could be saved. But God... Made a way. I'm thankful for but God who is rich in mercy. It's all of grace today. Do you understand that? I wasn't seeking God the night that He saved me. He has to do the seeking. He has to do the pleading. He has to do the drawing. Now, there is no way that a man can or would ever repent of his sins except God shows that man he is a sinner. It's all of grace. So when it comes to salvation, it's not of works. You might say, I've heard people say, if I could just get there, if I could just do this, if I could just do that, then that would mean salvation would be of works and not of grace. It's wholly and totally of grace. Separate from works, there's nothing you can do. It was said in Sunday school this morning about a brother, or I shouldn't say brother, about a man who admitted he was lost. And this brother began to talk about him and uh, and say that he had begun to do good work. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're living a clean life. But on the day of judgment, no matter how moral or just or clean you've lived, you will still be judged a sinner in the sight of God. Except... You repent and fall down before a holy God and begin to beg Him to save you and beg Him for His mercy and your grace and you will never come to that realization until God drives that home to your heart. I've had conversations with some in this church and God forbid this was what it would take. But he said, Brother, what do you suppose it's going to take To get our lost to be saved. Is it going to take the body? Is it going to take the body of one of our teenagers to be laid up in the funeral home before they finally realize that they're going to die lost without God? I've thought about that question so much over the last year or year and a half. God forbid it takes that. But I would say to you today, you might say, Preacher, what in the world are you getting at? I'm saying, but God can save you today if He's dealt with your heart at any time. You may be up in college. You may be an adult. You may have children of your own. You may have never felt that. I would say to you today, you're a sinner and you're going to die. And there's nothing that you can do to change that. But God will send you grace in the hour of grace. And the day of grace, He'll grant you the faith and to believe and to be saved and to repent of your sins. But God, I've thought about down through the history and down through the Scriptures. I've thought about Moses in Egypt land. I've thought about how God called him out of Midian. There was no way Moses could overthrow Pharaoh. But God did the work. And all Moses had to do was deliver the message unto Aaron. And Aaron delivered it to Pharaoh. And There was no way that Shabbat me Meshach, and Abednego uh, would survive the furnace of fire. Uh, they were cast in. And my friend, that furnace was so hot, it killed the men that cast them in. Uh, they were dead men bound. And, and uh, there was no way they were going to escape. But God uh, showed mercy unto them. And God walked literally with them in the fire. Uh, the king said, We cast three men in, uh, bound hand and foot, and yet I see four men walking around. I'm telling you today, He can unbind the sinner. He can unbind the saint and walk with you and talk with you in this life. Now there's no way that can happen but God. I'm glad. But God, when we were dead in sin, that's the thing. That's the remarkable thing. When we were dead, in a dead state, in a dead condition, A dead man has no power to do anything because that man is dead. Do you understand what I'm talking about today? If you're lost, you're dead. In the sight of God, you are condemned already. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. If you're able to discern right from wrong and you've reached the age that you're going to be accountable, you might say, preacher, I've never felt that. I would say the Holy Spirit, I beg you, drive it into their hearts. You're dead and you're going to die. Every last one in this house is going to die. We're all going to succumb to it. That some way, in some form, the Bible says our bounds He has established that there is a bound of habitation. You can stay hid up in your house and never go out, never get in a car, and never take any dangers. And my friend, you're still going to die one day. Because why? Because you're a sinner. Because we're all sinners. But God has saved those who have believed and repented from the depths of their heart. I'm thankful for that night. I was looking for a date to a crime, but God gave me a wife. Do you understand, but God? Do you understand all the times and all the ways and all the things and all the directions your life could have taken? I was young in my class. I graduated at 17. So when we were sophomores and all my friends were out driving, I was still 15. Couldn't drive. Nobody would drive all the way out to Buck's Hustle to pick me up. At the time, I couldn't understand what was going on. At the time, I know it's such a trifle thing now, but at the time, I wanted to be a teenager. I wanted to live with them. But God, you know, uh, 15 years prior to that, put me in school at 4 years old instead of 5. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that group that I run around with, nearly every one of them ended up lost without God, in jail, on drugs, you name it, that would have been me, but God intervened. you understand that? Amen. you understand all the things and all the times and all the ways It was just those two words, but God, uh, when you're laying flat of your back, uh, when Bobby DeWayne was laying flat of his back on a ventilator, and and, and I'm sure some of those nurses may not admit it, but it's easy when you're in that shape trying to work on somebody. You've seen it enough. You've seen death enough uh, that that you would sort of lose hope that he's going to live. But God brought him out of that. But God. (laughs) Boy, I'm so glad for those but God moments in my life. I'm so glad, thank God, hallelujah, that but God, when I was a dead sinner, that's the remarkable thing. He died for the sinner, not the saints. He died for the sinner. He came because He understood that there was nothing that we as sinners could do to be saved. There's nothing, the Bible says, if righteousness should have been given, and if eternal life, then eternal life would have been given by the law. But there was no law that's able, because every one of you have broken the laws of God. Now when God came down unto Moses on the top of Mount Sinai, the Bible said he came and dwelt in a thick cloud of darkness, and the Bible said the mountain shook and the people standing at the base of that mountain uh, looked up and they saw the smoke. Uh, they saw the cloud. They saw the shakings of the mountains. Can I say unto you today, the day is soon going to draw near uh, when earth itself there's going to be a great shaking upon planet earth. You can mark her down that day's coming. And my friend, what did those men and women do? And They stepped backward. And they said, How? Can we serve a God that's so holy? And He gave them the law. And He gave them those commandments. And you know what? Those commandments that He gave, you might say, Preacher, I keep them. I try to keep them. The Bible says if you've ever been guilty of one of those, you are guilty of all, for you've broken the law of God. And so I declare one more time, you are a sinner and you're going to die in your sins. Except but God. I've heard preachers all my life say when God begins to stir and move in your heart, that's the opportunity He's given you to be saved. I would say amen, amen, amen. Because you cannot get there except God is drawing you to Him. You cannot make it there except God first reveals unto you like He has every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever been saved. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals unto us we are lost without God. There's something unsettling in my heart. I'm facing the wrath of a Holy God and I'm headed straight for hell. But God, but God, all the times and all the lives of the apostles, Paul and Silas was in jail. Peter was in jail. They had already executed James. Peter was to be executed the next morning. But God that night sent an angel unto Peter, unloosed his chains. And my friend, the church, the Bible said, was meeting during that time. Praying without ceasing. Unto God I would preach this part unto the saved, To the saints of God. We better be praying, but God intervene in the lives of our young ones that are lost without You. Because except He does, they will die in their sins. That's what He told the Pharisees. That's what He told the Sadducees. That's what He told the, uh, the, the chief priests that you will die in your sins because you believe not on Me. And He said, You will not come that you might have life. You will not come. You cannot come. Paul said here that we were by nature children of wrath even as others. Lost person, you're in your nature. You're a murderer. You're a liar. You're whatever sin that you want to throw on that. Sin is sin, and you are a sinner. And Paul said, we were by nature the children of wrath. Every man that's ever been born into this world by nature, is a child of wrath headed straight for hell, but God draws him out of that and draws him to His own blessed, precious, darling Son. I'm glad but God one night. I'm glad I didn't go to the house of God seeking Him, but God came and He sought me where I was at. I'm glad that there was... And There was nothing I could do to be saved. There was nothing I could do to change that. But God drew me to a place and granted me a measure of faith. He helped me repent. I couldn't even do that without but God. For it is not of yourself. You cannot do it. You cannot change that. But God came. The apostles, the prophets... All the way down through the pages of that blessed book. All the way back to the founders of our nation. All the way back to Adam. You can trace it back to an individual nation. What have you. Uh, we have all been born into sin. And so let me finish like I started. Listen to me. Look at me. You are a sinner. Some of you have been saved. And so you're not guilty of that sin. Why, preacher? Because when a man or a woman is saved, or a boy or girl is saved, the righteousness of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is then imputed unto the believer. It's the only way the Bible says that God can be just, and still be a justifier of those that believe. You see, those of us who have been saved, He looks at us, and while we may be guilty, our guilt has been transferred unto the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And when He said it's finished and died on the cross of Calvary, my guilt went to Him and His righteousness came to me. But God, if you're here today, in a lost condition. You will die that way. And there's nothing you can do but God deals with your heart and draws you down to a place of repentance and belief. There's nothing that you can do. You might say, preacher, you're preaching a hopeless message. I'm No, I'm not. I'm trying to tell you there is hope, but just in one man. The man Christ Jesus, who's declared to be the one mediator between God and man. There's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And it's all by His grace, but God. So you are going to die. You are going to stand before the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you've not been saved, your guilt has not been transferred unto the cross unto the Lord Jesus Christ and His righteousness therefore has not been transferred to you, uh, which means you're going to die and then be judged and finally be in a lake of fire and brimstone. But God, but God, by the giving of His Son Jesus Christ, prepared a way. And then not only prepared a way, but then made it so the foolishness of the preaching would save them that believe. That's what Paul said. For I'm not ashamed of the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the Gospel of God right here. For it is the power of God unto the salvation to whosoever believes. I know there's nothing I could have said during these 30 minutes to grab your attention. I pray the Holy Ghost has been working in your hearts. There are some of you getting up in years, home past out of high school, into college. As far as we know, you're lost. If that be not the case, then let the redeemed say so. As far as we know, you're lost. Could I tell you, that keeps me awake a lot of nights thinking that somebody in this little flock, they're dead and they're And I begin to cry, but God, give them one more opportunity. But God, give them another chance. But God, let the Spirit pass by their way one more time. But God, I prayed on the way down, I prayed this morning when I got up. I prayed down on my knees a few minutes ago. Uh, Lord, there are those that are lost in this house. But God, show them mercy one more time. Give them an opportunity just one more time before their bound of habitation comes to an end. A worldwide pandemic, virus with millions killed. If If you don't think God ain't trying to grab the attention but there is no fear of God before their eyes. Never once most people will go through today and never once think that they are going to die and that they are a sinner and that they will stand before God and they will let those books be opened. And you might say, I'll try to plead my way out. I'll try to bargain my way out. And you'll not say a word. You will stand there and be judged with your mouth shut because there is nothing that you're going to be able to say. You've either been redeemed and declared righteous or you're a sinner. One of those two. But we will stand there with our mouth shut and the books will be opened and everything that we've ever... The Bible says every even thought. Preacher, I've not broke the law. Have you ever coveted anything? Have you ever been mad at your mom and dad? Have you ever been mad and hated your brother? My friend, you're a murderer and an adult. And that's not my words. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. You've all broken the law. I've broken it many, 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 many times. But God has showed me grace. The Apostle Paul, when I'm done, before he was the Apostle Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus. He was a religious man, but he was lost. He was a murderer. He had in his hands, on his way to Jerusalem, papers in his hands signed from the chief priest to bind all that called on the name of Jesus Christ, consenting unto the death and the stoning of the martyr of the man of God, Stephen. But God struck him down one day. Boy, oh, I'm glad of that. Without the Apostle Paul, we wouldn't understand the doctrine of the resurrection, the doctrine really of salvation. Without the Apostle Paul, we'd all be in darkness. But God I told Ananias, Ananias, this is your brother Saul. Go and lay your hands on him, for I've chosen him to be a vessel and to honor and he'll bear my name to the Gentiles. But God. I'm glad but God happened to me one night. I'm glad, but God's happened to me different times in my life. Where would I be today but God? One more. I told the Sunday school class this morning in 2018, I guess, in December, in the, it's called The Pit at T.J. Sampson in the parking lot. And I've told this time and time again, but since Pastor election was last Sunday, I'll tell you one more time. I begin to pour out my heart. My heart had been broken from previous experiences pastoring. And I won't get into that. Uh, My heart had been broken. And about nine months had went by and I began to really cry out to God before I went into work. And Lord, surely, surely there's a place that could use me and I could use them and we could come together. But there was no place found for me but God within two hours let my phone ring. And it was Randy Robinson. saying, do you want to come preach at Lafayette Missionary Baptist Church? But God, I believe, brought me here. Amen. And God brings people into your life. Your husband, your wife, your spouse. That's all I've got. It's sort of been a, maybe a different kind of message. But you're a sinner and you're going to die. And there's nothing you can do to change either of those facts. But God drives that home to you and allows you to repent and grants you that faith and that repentance unto life, you will end up in hell. But God has made a way for you to be saved if you would only come today as we stand and sing.